Welcome to the Box Jumper Podcast, episode number three. For this episode, I'm joined by two awesome guests. Dr. Stanley Jacobs is a good friend of mine uh, and a client for the last 18 years or so. Uh, he is a very successful cosmetic surgeon in the sunny land of Northern California and CEO of his own skincare line, Stanley Jacobs MD Skincare. Fitness has been a passion of his for a very long time for a variety of reasons that we get into in our chat, including some fascinating insights uh, from his perspective as an MD and surgeon. I also speak with Ryan Parker, a CrossFit Level 2 trainer who just happens to be Stan's trainer at CrossFit Northgate in Santa Rosa, California. Ryan has a tremendous background in fitness and health, not just as a trainer, but as an endurance athlete long before he found the world of CrossFit. They're an interesting couple of guys that are deeply passionate about what they do. As always, I am your host, your Sherpa on this journey, John St. Amand. I myself am a CrossFit Level 1 trainer and Catalyst Athletics L1 certified weightlifting coach, a master's athlete, husband, dad, small business owner in Bedford, Nova Scotia, Canada. With this podcast, I talk to people from all corners of the fitness community about getting healthy, happy, fit, staying active and independent, and all the other great benefits uh, from making fitness part of your life. It's time to work out the muscle between your ears. It's a wad for your brain. As always, we'll get started in 10 seconds for my talk with Dr. Stanley Jacobs and Ryan Parker about their fitness stories and what's next for each of them. Thank you both um, for agreeing to be on the podcast. Um, you know, this is the first time that I've interviewed somebody from away, um, so it's a bit of an experiment, but hopefully a successful one. And um, you know, I, I think you both bring a unique perspective to the conversations that uh, I'm looking to have in the podcast with people that are in the fitness industry and and finding different ways to reach out to the fitness community and the people that aren't yet engaged in a fitness program to give them some inspiration. Um, so. Stan, I want to I want to start with you. Uh, um, in my in my intro to the to the episode, I'll, I'll give kind of some brief biographical information. But I think it's more interesting from your perspective um, uh, to, for you to be able to tell the story of what it is that you do and and what kind of background um, do you have and how does that relate to what you're doing in sport these days? Uh, well, thanks for inviting me, John. It's really kind of cool. Um, and well, I'm uh, right now. I'm a facial plastic reconstructive surgeon, and I um, I operate a lot, uh, at least two days a week. And I kind of stand. I stand up when I operate, and I'm usually hunched over because uh, I operate on faces. So my posture is probably well. It's not the best, obviously. And for me, going back, you know, maybe 20 years, I noticed when I was operating, and I was in my, you know, 40s that. I was getting pains in my back and my upper neck, and I thought, gee, what am I going to be doing operating years later, you know, from like this now? So I thought I really needed to get more into shape. Before that, I mean, I grew up in sports. Uh, in Montreal, I played hockey and uh, football, track, uh, track and field, and, um, you know, skated a lot. So I was pretty active, rode my bike and things, but I uh, right. played some tennis. But, you know, so I was, I was kind of fit. Then college – didn't do that much. And of course, college for me was like 17 years or whatever. So, <laughs> right. you know, that a lot of hours per day too. Yeah. I just, you know, I just didn't have any time as a surgical resident and, uh, or intern. And, 
even in medical school, I just, you know, kind of slacked off a lot. And then when I'd go to try to work out, I just felt like crap. So I just thought, you know, that's obviously I can't just do things once in a while. And then finally, when I got into practice and I had a little more time, I met a trainer at a local health uh, club in Santa Rosa. And he said, you know, I can, I was doing some sit-ups or something. He said, you know, I can show you how to get in good shape just, you know, twice a week for 45 minutes. And I, of course, I was disbelief of, with that statement, but I took him on and, and I've actually had a trainer more or less continuously, some trainer for, for at least 20 years, uh, about 20 years. Um, so, yeah. and each trainer has been really great. And I've been so thankful and appreciative to everyone because they folded in a lot of cardio stuff with, with weight training and kind of this intense, more high intensity rather than kind of doing things over, you know, like long distance. And I, I never was a, was a distance guy. I was a sprinter in high school anyway, cause I, so I never could really run great distances very well, but, and then I've been playing hockey now for about 15, 10, 15 years locally. And so I always really wanted to keep fit for that. So that's sort of my background of wanting to stay fit. I, I have my boys, uh, we have two sons and they're 21, 24, but Obviously, growing up with them, they were pretty active in sports, soccer, and yeah. lacrosse. So I wanted to kind of obviously keep up, kind of help them, you know, in their sort of uh, getting their fitness. And we we did um, the three three of us did taekwondo together when Spencer was four, and I think Austin was seven. And I jumped in because I was driving them all the time. So I decided, what the heck? And uh, we all ended up getting our black belt. So that was really great to do as a family and then it just you know one thing kind of led to the other um so this is where i am and then and then crossfit happened and so well even before i get into your introduction to crossfit so let, let's ryan let's let's dive into what your background is i mean i've read your your bio on the crossfit northgate site um you know you you started out doing endurance events um it, was that always your passion and how did you get introduced to crossfit yeah i uh i played a, a lot of sports in in elementary school and high school and even a little club lacrosse in college but cycling was always uh, my passion when i was younger i, I loved being on the bike it uh, gave me a sense of independence and and freedom and so i i uh pretty much stayed involved in in cycling through until i was about 32 years old and uh it was actually cycling that led me to um, to CrossFit. Um, originally, I was I was racing bikes a lot, and I wasn't a great. I'm kind of big for a cyclist, and wasn't great at climbing hills or the really long events. Um, I was uh, more of a sprinter. Right. I finished the races, and uh, after I had done that for a while, I uh, got into triathlon and went through all the distances in triathlon, including Ironman. And what I found that after racing triathlon for a number of years is that my sprint really went away on the bike when I went back to bike racing after that. And I've been working in the fitness industry for decades now and and knowing about CrossFit, just not really thinking it was going to lend itself to the type of sport I was engaged in. Um, I hadn't really checked it out. But after losing my sprint, doing all that endurance work, I went back to or I went and found a CrossFit gym because I wanted to get more involved in Olympic weightlifting and get some coaching through that. Um, and it was... Uh, that's how I discovered CrossFit. It really changed the way uh, I approach fitness in general at that point. Um, did a little bit more bike racing, but really found myself drawn towards CrossFit and kind of uh, moved in that direction. Right. 
And Stan, so how did, I mean, you, you've had trainers for a long time and, and done uh, a variety of different formats of fitness training throughout your career. Um, you know, where, where did CrossFit enter into things and how did it differ from what you had done before? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, I've been, been a big believer, obviously, of fitness, and um, and and I've been a believer in, in trainers, and I, I really put a lot of trust in them, especially when I realized that they're really great coaches. And, and Ryan is definitely one of the best coaches I've ever had. He's he's really amazing. And so, but what I was working with another trainer who was great for about six, seven years uh, in Santa Rosa, and it was more. Um, it, it was really fun because there was a lot of different variety. There was, you know, there's some punching bags. There was, you know, pushing steel sleds, uh, carrying telephone poles, you know, some weights and stuff. Right. And, and, and I thought it was great. It was, it was really, you know, there's a lot of core stuff and, and which helped my hockey game, which is kind of what I'm really, you know, kind of after a lot. And, but there wasn't much, um, I mean, I was getting stronger. I was getting better cardio fit, but I was finding that I was there was much it wasn't really programmed. It was sort of like a random thing. Right. Um, and then and then I decided, you know, I mean, it was I was there for a long time, the same person, and I thought, you know, I should just look at something different. I thought, actually, I thought, should I do another different martial arts? Should I, you know, what should I kind of do? And then um, actually, it was because of because of you, John, that I. Um, went to do CrossFit because you've been a great proponent and I've followed you on, you know, Facebook and all the talks we've had and attended a couple of classes that you, you know, helped me with locally and when you were out visiting and stuff. So, mm -hmm. um, and then what really kind of triggered it was, uh, you know, going to, to Northgate uh, CrossFit and then, uh, I don't know if I'm jumping the gun, but basically Ryan was you know, helping me when we first went, just, we spent, I think one hour twice or two hours total one-on-one -on -one, and really he explained to me lots of things about what they do and what, how not to do things, the proper way to do them and really got a sense of where my strengths and weaknesses and limitations, especially my flexibility being one of my greatest limitations um, and where, you know, how to progress and about stretching, lots of, lots of things I really hadn't even thought about. So, um, and then I really liked the concept of the progression of things. It, it reminded me a bit of, of martial arts where, you know, you, well, you know, you're, you're a black belt. You've been doing yeah. martial arts for years. Uh, you know, you, if, when you're white belt, you can't progress to the next belt until you do those things proficiently. You're never going to get to black if you don't do all the steps in between. So I like that concept and um, I've seen, you know, definite improvements. Yeah, I mean, there there certainly is. That, that was one of the reasons that I was attracted to CrossFit was it's, um, you know, I mean, it, it doesn't have an obvious similarity to martial arts unless you've done something like that for a while. And then you start to realize just how much of the foundation is similar. The, the idea that you've got foundational movements that you build upon and you gradually build up strength and skill and speed that allow you to do uh, more and more things that are all based on that foundation that you establish very early. Um, and, you know, the, the community and, and the people being supportive of one another. And, um, you know, that was something that felt fairly familiar when I started with CrossFit as well. And, and you know, certainly every gym has its own dynamic um, that is in part tied to the uh, to the people that own the gym and, and uh, more importantly, the, the coaches that are in front of uh, the class that you happen to go to uh, more often than not. That kind of sets the tone as well. So you get a lot 
out of that. And, um, you know, coming into CrossFit when I did, I mean, I was, I had just turned 40 and I had neighbors that introduced me to, uh, to the whole idea. And, uh, it, it didn't quite click with me until I had tried a, at least a couple of classes and the, the onboarding process that is a little bit different from gym to gym, but arguably has the same, uh, the same basic premise of introducing you safely to the movements so that you're able to execute those movements properly and, and, uh, you know, not injure yourself and, and make a, a proper foundation for yourself to progress. That's definitely a big part of it. It sounds like you went through a kind of a similar, uh, onboarding process, uh, as I did when I started uh, a little less than three years ago. Is that, is that something that, that is really formalized uh, at Northgate, Ryan, that, that onboarding process for new athletes? Yeah, I, I have a basic curriculum that I follow with new athletes. Uh, unless somebody's coming in with a lot of experience, I always insist that we do a little bit of one-on-one training first. Right. Uh, because I think it's really important to instill some uh, foundational ideas, not just movements, but ideas in the athletes before we just progress them right into a group class. Um, I think a lot of people come into CrossFit with this uh, anticipation or this idea that it's all super high intensity and, and craziness, you muscle ups and millions of burpees, one rep max deadlifts and clean and jerks. And what we really try to teach them is probably it sounds similar to martial arts, although I don't have experience there, but there needs to be a strong foundation first. You need to understand how to move correctly. And once you understand that, we can build on that foundation. Absolutely. And, and it's, and it's something that takes a lot more time than a lot of people realize. So somebody that's really impatient is, is going to have to put the brakes on a little bit to, to understand what role that foundational movement understanding plays. Yeah, absolutely. I, I would say that as athletes, we are fairly greedy in CrossFit. That's what uh, draws us to the, to the uh, uh, sport and the activity. Uh, but um, that's a good thing, right? Mm. Having that ambition and that uh, motivation is super important. It's just important to uh, also keep that balanced out with uh, the proper progressions. One of the reasons that, uh, well, I mean, everybody that gets into CrossFit at some point starts becoming a bit evangelical about uh, <laughs> making sure that people are aware of this great thing that they've discovered and, and you know, they want to introduce other people to it. Um, you know, one of the reasons that I introduced it to Stan was partly because I, I knew that it would just appeal to him as, as a person that valued fitness. But I also saw, you know, coming from a medical background, uh, you know, his, his ability to uh, see the benefit and, and analyze the repeatability of the movements and the progression that you're able to achieve over time. I figured that was something that he was in a unique position to appreciate more so than, than someone that doesn't have that kind of background. Is that something that, that, uh, factored into the way that you perceived CrossFit when you, when you started trying it, Stan? I mean, it seems like it, it, in, in a roundabout way, it, it had to have been because you were looking to go from something random to something planned, that, and that seemed to fit your structure. Yeah, I mean, but but you also on the point about the health part, and generally, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I deal with patients obviously every day. And, um, a, a lot of what I do is, is elective cosmetic procedures, but, you know, we have to have a lot of discussion about general health and nutrition and you know, they can't be smoking to have surgery because they won't heal properly, so I have to have them stop smoking, and they have can't be hypertensive. And so we're pretty very selective in terms of the people who we're going to have, we're going to do surgery on. 
And so I think that, you know, their sodium can't be high in terms of retention of fluid. I mean, there's lots of things like that. Um, and so general health is obviously important um, to, to everything. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, I have a lot of colleagues, uh, docs and surgeons who are, are pretty active. But, uh, and, and, but the problem is, that so I'll, I'll, yeah, you're right about the evangelical part. I kind of was telling them, a lot of them that, you know, they should try it or give it a try. The right. first thing they say is that, you know, it's too intense or too tough, and I, but they never tried it. And I said, you know, I'd say, well, you know, you, you really need to understand it has to be like we're talking about broken down and started very simple and whatever limitations you have, you just work with that. I mean, they're all great. The trainers, you know, uh, Micah, Mindy as well as, you know, if you can't do a muscle up, obviously I can't do that right now, but I want to do that at one point. But, you know, you could do another way, just do a straight pull up or you could do banded pull up or jumping pull-ups or whatever. So there's always a way to kind of get them going. And one of the things I was very impressed with, with the people at CrossFit, uh, which is awesome, is that they're all different shapes and sizes and all ages. You know, it's not like there's just sort of athletes, you got a, a triangle or pyramid, it's just the super elite. There are people like that there, which is it's very motivational to watch. It is, yeah. <laughs> I love, like Ryan the Beast. But um, <laughs> But it also just makes you feel better, the environment to be there, that everybody's kind of doing it at their own, whatever level you can do. It's like the, anything in life, you know, whether, whether it's your intelligence, your reading, your capability or whatever. It's like you, you want to do the maximum you want to do. To me, life is like an experiment in general, whether I'm cooking something or I'm studying. Like, why should we limit ourselves? People say to me, why aren't you worried? Aren't you scared about your hands or this? And like, you don't realize we used to break you know, boards with my hands when they're lit on fire. Yeah. You know, and I'm a surgeon, so, you know, it's like I could get hit by a car tomorrow, you know, whatever. Very true. People break their hip, pick their, break their hips, you know, stepping off a curb. So, you know, for me, it's, it's always been about go for broke, do as much as you can in a clever way. I'm not saying be crazy. Mm. That's why the whole stepwise progression makes sense. But, you know, you never know what you can do unless you try. And there was a good clip today on Facebook that Ryan has about, you know, somebody, I think it's Shannon, somebody doing pull-ups. It's like, why do you want to be stronger? And the, and the comment was, you know, what's the opposite, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you don't know what you're capable of unless you can do it. Bringing up our boys, we said the same thing. You don't know how smart you can be, how, how, what you can excel in unless you really give it your all. And that's just, and if, and look, I'm 63 now. I started CrossFit around my birthday, you know, November, whatever. And it's like, I might not be able to do this in a few years. I might be able not to sprint or play hockey, but until that point comes, I'm going to do the best I could damn well do. You know? Yeah. Well, and working as hard as you are now, you're building up the, the resilience to be able to carry that longevity far further into your life than you would if you weren't this active. Yeah. And that's, I mean, I see patients like that. I see people who are triathletes and different, uh, you know, athletes and they come in and they're, you can't believe their chronological age. They look way younger than that and they heal way better. Yeah. I mean, I always tell patients the blood supply is the key. So when you're doing surgery where it's orthopedic surgery, I don't care what it is, you know, heart surgery, face surgery, if you're athletic and you, you therefore by definition have a better blood supply than somebody of your equal age that doesn't, you are going to heal better. I see that day in, day out. Hmm. So exercise is definitely helpful for healing. Wow. I don't imagine people would really think of it that way. Um, you know, having a direct relationship with the healing, they think about it, you know, preventing them from 
falling into chronic disease, but not necessarily when they have something happen, um, you know, the, the healing power that being fit can potentially have for them. Yeah. Their blood supply is better. Perfusion and tissue is better. Yeah. Wow. So Ryan, how did you get into coaching when you got into CrossFit? Was that just something that you would gravitate towards naturally to anyway, because you're, you're somebody that naturally leads or was it yeah, something I, that, um, uh, that drew you in? I've been in the fitness industry now for uh, for a little over 20 years, and kind of the defining moment for me was when I was in high school. I, I was a sophomore in high school, and I did my first bicycle race, and I had a, a family friend who was a, a high-level cyclist, and he was there at the race, too, and he really liked working with uh, junior uh, development teams, and he was like, hey, you're pretty good at uh, uh, mountain biking, but you're in terrible shape. Uh, do you, uh, you know, are you playing a spring sport? And I said, yeah, I'm playing lacrosse. And he said, uh, here's a, I'm going to send you a program to get you in shape for that. And it was weightlifting twice a week. Uh, and I, uh, I went to the gym with my dad and I made him do it with me. And, uh, then it was a running program, primarily hill sprints and intervals. And I think I probably executed that program at about 60% intensity. Uh, but that made such a tremendous difference that, to my, you know, just to my ability to enjoy the game and perform at a higher level uh, that really I was hooked after that. I was like, hey, I've got some control over this. This mm-hmm. isn't about being a naturally good athlete or not. If I work at this, it's something I can control. And it kind of became a, an obsession. It kind of led me to working in gyms and, and uh, you know, trying to improve my own athleticism, which then obviously um, you want to share with people. And, and CrossFit was an extension of that. CrossFit uh, connected a lot of dots for me. Um, with this understanding that we can be really, really strong and have good endurance and have great body composition and be learning new skills and developing uh, these abilities late into life. And I don't even think we were starting to really tap into what's mm-hmm. truly capable for masters athletes included. Um, but, but it was that, you know, passion for our ability to control our health and our fitness that led me to share it with other people. And, and eventually, um, uh, through CrossFit. What, uh, what's the general composition of the membership at Northgate? I mean, certainly the experience that I've had in, in the CrossFit gyms that are here in Nova Scotia, it, it does tend to lean a little bit more towards the master's athlete. Even if the, even if the majority are not masters, they're awfully close to master's age. If, if they're really actively involved, we don't have all that many young people. Um, some gyms do, but, uh, our gym in particular is, is predominantly, um, master's athletes or those that are, um, very soon to become master's athletes. Is that similar to your experience there? Or do you have a much broader range of, of ages at your gym? We have a much broader uh, range. I think that CrossFit, at least uh, in the format that we deliver it, uh, lends itself to a working professional. Mm-hmm. So it's not a great program for somebody fresh out of college who's just getting started because this kind of coaching does cost a little bit of money. Right. Um, that being said, we do have people in high school all the way into their 70s. Um, I would say the, the the mean age is probably early 30s. Okay. But plenty of master's athletes. And some pretty competitive masters athletes too. Now, does your do you have any programming that's that's any different for the masters athletes, or is it just on the spot scaling that's that's planned into the the class wad? You know, I would say that the programming is really for all ability levels, but 
in a CrossFit gym, you program for the highest level athlete and you scale down from there. Right. Um, yeah. Our, our two highest finishers in the uh, open this year uh, were both masters athletes. So that makes hmm. it easy. Right. Yeah. That's for sure. Um, what are some of the, some of the unique um, things that you see in masters athletes like Stan? Is there a, a different approach in, for example, coaching them because their sensibilities or their, or their priorities from fitness are a little bit different than they, than they would be if they were 20 or 30 years younger? Yeah. You know, everybody's a little bit different in terms of what they want to get out of the program. And that, and that's one of the places you have to start uh, is, is somebody coming in looking to seek maximum performance? Is that just the way they're programmed? I'd say Stan probably falls into that category. Uh, not that he doesn't care about health, but you know he's a, he's a performance guy. He still plays hockey. He's that you know he he wants that performance. I'm the same way. I'm just yeah. naturally competitive. I've always been in, involved in uh, a competitive sport in some way. Um, so kind of understanding the priority of the athlete is important, uh, and then making sure they understand. Um, really how to create a relationship with their body that's going to allow them to get what they want. Uh, I think it's really important as uh, we're dealing with more and more masters athletes and continue to train them at a very high level that they understand you can still make an incredible amount of progress late into life, but your approach has to change a little bit. In your 20s, maybe your early 30s, especially if you're a high-level athlete, it's just whoever works the hardest does the best. Right. Now you still have to work hard, but you can't just push through things. You know, if your body is giving you a message like, hey, something's a little bit sore or this feels a little sketchy, you have to give it the attention that it needs. And the best way to make long term progress is to not take any steps back. That's for sure. So to deal with problems before they become, uh, you know, injuries is is really the the biggest key to making, um, you know, a lot of progress. So I think with master's athletes, that's really the messaging that they have to hear in order to succeed. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it sounds like that's something that you took very much to heart, Stan, in, in going through that, um, that foundational, um, set of classes with Ryan one-on-one to learn the movement safely. It's, it's, you know, it's certainly a factor for an older athlete coming in that they, they can potentially at least be more susceptible to injury. Um, or they may just feel aches and pains a little bit more frequently or, or in places that they wouldn't have felt when they were younger. Is that something that, that you experience as a CrossFit athlete and how do you, how do you manage, um, you know, your recovery, um, post tough workout? Um, well, that's a good question. I mean, I, you know, I think if you're working up pretty hard, uh, doing different things, you're kind of like, kind of sore, like all the time, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay, but, so I'm not you know, alone there. Yeah. What Ryan was good about also was that, you know, everybody talks about stretching outside CrossFit a bit, but never really sets time. And I think one of the good things is is that they do set aside time for stretching. And he was very careful about explaining to me, especially like my right shoulder limitation. Uh, I couldn't really reach back very far. And I have to tell you, my I can reach back at least two inches further back with my right shoulder than I could. Another thing I noticed was that I could do like – kind of I could hang from a bar but I'd have to have my elbows bent if you know what yeah. I mean and not straight out and I could hang there for quite a while and climb and stuff but to hang straight from my shoulder from my arm straight out I literally was so painful in my right arm I couldn't do it for more than two three seconds and now I mean I could hang there for I don't know probably a minute 
So it made, there was a big, there's been a lot of good changes. I couldn't really squat deeply. I was not strong enough or flexible enough. And, and Ryan and Micah and, you know, many have helped me really get better squatting. I obviously I still have to work on that. So there's definitely things that I've noticed an improvement and I, I want to definitely get better and learn more. Yep. Um, but they've been careful to not, you know, like let me do try to lift too much weight or do something like that, that, you know, cause I'm just kind of stupid sometimes just kind of forced through it. And uh, you know, I don't want to get injured, but um, no, I mean, I, I think that there's always some injuries. I just, you know, I deal with them. I, I, uh, I get hurt a little bit in hockey sometimes, but it's not, nothing's really been serious. Um, but I, I can tell I'm, I'm, you know, more fit, like sprinting. I, I was telling Ryan the other day, I just felt much better doing a hundred meter sprint, like my butt and my thighs just, I felt like I was bouncing more, you know, and, and leaping from foot to foot rather than just sort right. of gliding along. So yeah, there's, there's definitely things that I've, I've noticed and, you know, I haven't, you know, thank God I haven't been really injured severely at this point, but mm-hmm. I'm, I, you know, I just deal with it. it. It's funny how the, the mobility side is, is one thing that I see as a coach very often. Um, and being a master's athlete myself, I'm, I'm, um, certainly more aware of it now than I was previously. And some of it is, um, occupational in nature. I mean, you know, in, in my case, I work at a computer for a living, so I'm, I don't have the best posture when I'm sitting at my desk. So my back is sometimes an issue. My shoulders roll forward. And so I have, I have some shoulder mobility issues getting my hands back, particularly for the snatch. And I've been working on that quite a bit. And I, I didn't prioritize working on that quite to the same degree until about a year ago when I, I really started pushing hard to get some of the skills that I felt like I should have had by the time that I got there. And I just, I didn't have them yet. Um, you know, I still find snatch challenging, but I can do them now. Um, and, and those mobility issues I'm seeing, particularly in certain lines of work, like there's a lot of healthcare workers that come in that have wrist mobility issues. Um, you know, anybody that's worked in dentistry, for example, they have those fine motor movements and Stan, you might actually experience this same type of tightness in the wrist with the fine motor control that you have to have Mm -hmm. as a surgeon. Um, and so we're, we're seeing, and that, that seems to present in older athletes more so than younger athletes because they've been doing that longer, the practice of those movements, um, and those limited range of movements in what they do professionally, uh, has built up over time. And so they, they don't wind up with the range of motion in those joints that they would have otherwise. And so we wind up having to work on that with a lot of people. I'm seeing a lot of um, shoulder shoulder and, and hip hinging mobility issues in a lot of people because it's just not something that they use in their everyday. Um, and as masters athletes and, and coaches of masters uh, athletes, that's something that we wind up having to look for pretty closely and try to give people the, the advice to make sure that they're doing an awful lot of mobility work both before and after the workout and do as much as they can on their own as well to in, increase that mobility that much further and, and prevent, uh, injuries from occurring. Now being in, being in Northern California, you probably get a lot of drop-ins, do you? I mean, you're, you're in a, uh, maybe not the tourism area that, you know, Orlando is, but you certainly get an awful lot of visitors to the area. Do you wind up seeing a lot of guests come through the doors at Northgate? I mean, I, I was one of them last year. Yeah, you know, it depends on um, what a lot means to you versus, uh, you know, Florida. I visited a couple of gyms in Hawaii and half of their class is a drop in. Uh, that's a big chunk of the business. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, yeah. You know, we usually get several a week um, during the busy seasons. In the fall, they do the uh, the harvest and the crush for the uh, uh, the wine, and uh, and it's pretty busy then. There are a couple of wedding seasons that get busy around here, uh, so we'll get you know half a dozen or so a week. Mm-hmm. But it is always nice to have people in from around the uh, around the world, really, and uh, share what we do. I think uh, you know dropping into the CrossFit gyms is very. Uh, it's a very unique thing to be able to do. I don't know that there are too many other communities, global communities like mm. CrossFit that exist. That's certainly true. I mean, anytime, I guess even in martial arts, I didn't feel comfortable dropping into another club without really, you know, doing a hell of a lot of homework before I showed up at their door. In CrossFit, all I got to know is that they're an affiliate, look at their schedule and go in and talk to a coach. And generally I feel pretty comfortable now. I mean, being a coach myself, I don't feel like I need quite as much supervision as somebody that's really new. But at the same time, it, it it's more about the environment and how welcoming people are um, of people from other gyms. It's it's a community that is unlike anything that I experienced in any other sport that I was part of. It's got to present some challenges, though, when you're seeing that many completely new people that have some training and experience but you've personally never coached them before. Does that, is that uh, something that you look forward to in, in being able to evaluate the movement of somebody that, that comes in and, and starts working out and you've, you've not seen them before? Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, you know, less challenge and more opportunity. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it's fun to be able to show somebody something they haven't seen before maybe, or, or just get a different set of eyes on them. Uh, I have this experience frequently, and as a coach, you might be able to appreciate this, where one of my athletes will go on vacation, and they'll drop into another gym, and they'll come back, and they're like, oh, I got the best cue for improving my whatever movement that is. And they're like, I can do them now. It's great. For sure. And I'm like, oh, what? You mean that same cue I've been giving you for the last three years? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, they're like your kids that way. It's, they need to hear it from someone else before it makes sense. Yeah, but that's the opportunity. You know, you get to you get to connect with some people. Um, you know, I try to do a good job when we have people visiting to introduce them and you know at least give their name, where they're visiting from. And nine times out of ten, uh, somebody's in town. I'm like, oh, they're just here to do uh, some wine tasting and check out the, uh, the the area. And and people will come up to them to work in the wine industry and they'll say, hey, where are you going? Do you need to give her recommendations or referrals or you know good places to visit? You know, or you know somebody's visiting from wherever they're from around the world and somebody will come up to them in the class and be like, Oh, I used to live there. My cousin's there, you know, whatever it is. Um, and, and so it's just fun to right. get to connect with people that, you know, from all over the place. For sure. Um, you mentioned that, uh, your, your top finishers in the open were themselves masters athletes. So ha- how was the open, uh, at Northgate? What, what's the, what's the spirit like at Northgate for the open? Did you have a lot of people participate? Yeah, we're a, we're a gym of about 200 members, and uh, we had about 67, I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't encourage anyone to do the open. Um, I know a lot of gyms put a lot of emphasis on it, and I, I let people know, listen, this is a competition. It's not my competition. It's not something that I'm scaling for you. Right. And so you have to understand that you're, you're signing up for a competition. The rules are dictated by somebody else, not me. And so, um, 
And so I just, you know, kind of had that caveat going. I said, that being said, I'm happy to support you through it. And if you want to do it, here are all the great things that will come from doing it. But it's got to be your decision. It's not my decision. So we do, uh, we try to get most of the athletes through on Friday afternoon and evening. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of like a big party while that's happening. Um, you always see some people, uh, you know, exceed their own expectations or do things that they weren't able to do. Um, you know, a lot of, lot of nervous energy always. Some people haven't done a lot of competition uh, who sign up for this and they put a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of weight on it. So, you know, you get to support people emotionally as well as physically during the open. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, well, Stan, I inadvertently encouraged you to, <laughs> to participate in the open and you, you finished exceptionally well, 262 out of 878 worldwide in the men's sixties plus. Um, that's a fantastic finish, especially with how, you know, you're still learning some of the skills that are required to, to be able to do some of the movements, um, particularly with how challenging, uh, some of the programming was for this year's open. How did you find the open? What was your experience like this year? Well, uh, the first thing is that I, I didn't do the first, um, 18.1 cause I couldn't do it. So I'm hoping that next year, if I do all five, I'll, I'll get better. <laughs> You'll do all five workouts. Yeah, that's. Actually, I forgot about that. That's an amazing uh, score, considering you didn't get a score on the first one. Yeah, no, it was it was great. I, you know, again, I, I you know, I like competition too, and I think it was, you know, I, uh, I just pushed myself to whatever I could do, and but getting back to the also the camaraderie at at CrossFit is really great. I remember. Um, just digressing a bit, but when I first went there, there's a guy, and I'm just honestly, I forget his name. He's, he's a really fit guy in, in the master's level, and he was really encouraging right off the bat, the first time I literally went there. And uh, he's just a great guy. Just over the course of this six or seven months, everybody's been really great. And during the, um, the Open, um, each person that was scoring for me, invigilating, whatever mm-hmm. they're called, was very encouraging and other people came around and one of them when I was doing, there was the deadlift and push-ups and stuff and bear crawl and Ryan was there and he came by and, and when I was really feeling like I could not lift that bar anymore, <laughs> you know, he's like, pick up the weight, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you know, and, and I, I, it definitely pushed me, you know, to go further. So it's, no, it's great energy. I mean, I first time I walked in there, I'm like, holy crap, I didn't, realize how popular it was and how people were watching and families and you know it was just a lot of grunting and weights being dropped and lifted and it's a really great environment i mean i wish i had videotaped it to show my friends because it was very motivational just watching that open i gotta tell you i i thought that was really cool um so yeah i definitely gonna i'm gonna amp up a bit more uh, obviously i'll be, I'll be a year older but um, I want to. I want to. Yeah, obviously, try to do better next time. What are some of the uh, What are some of the skills that you're uh, looking to pick up? Let's say in the next year, are there are there particular movements or, or particular weights, uh, target weights for max outs that you're looking to achieve, or is it or is it some gymnastic movement that you're looking to be able to do this time next year? Yeah, well, the three. Yeah, I mean, the weight thing, I, I haven't really focused much on. I'd like to obviously be stronger and lift more, but. Uh, I'd like to be, you know, even a lightweight with the snatch. I'd like to be able to get that better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that, that, I know that comes from shoulder mobility and my back and my hips. And so just in generally doing that, I'd like to do a muscle up, um, you know, basically get the kipping motion down. I'm just sort of starting to get a bit of that. 
Um, and so those are, those are kind of the uh, and, and double unders. I'm still working at home on that. I've gotten actually better at home, so I'm getting a little bit better. So those are three things that I've personally been trying to focus on: the the kipping, the double unders, and just uh, the range of motion of my shoulder, just with with the lightweight with the snatch. So um, those are three things. Nice, and you know all of those play a role in in again coming back to that longevity. I mean, having having those goals, having targets to be able to set for yourself, is something that allows you to keep making progress and and stay actively interested. I mean, it's it's you know I, I tell people it's hard to get bored in CrossFit because there's an awful lot of different skills that are thrown at you at any given moment, whether you're a competitor or whether you're just doing it for fun and and looking to keep active. Um, cause there's every spectrum in just about every gym. And, uh, you know, I think the, the coaches keep things alive with their personalities and, and the programming certainly plays a role in keeping people interested, but there's an infinite number of possibilities and an infinite number of combinations that keep people coming back. And I think if, if that can encourage people to get off the couch and, and really start taking fitness seriously in their life again, because it's not going to just come to them in their everyday life. The more, the more, um, you know, our jobs become automated and and we wind up working on computers and we don't wind up having to get up and move around a a whole lot for, for our jobs necessarily. So, you know, we have to take an active role and, and take control of our fitness ourselves. So, you know, this is a huge part of, of that formula, um, to be able to get fit and find that longevity that people, uh, seem to want, but aren't necessarily quite yet invested in achieving themselves. So it's, it's great to hear that, that you're, you're chasing it and it's turning into real results for you. Oh yeah, no, it definitely is. But you know, I also think that it's good if somebody can have a sport that may, is outside of the gym too, that oh, whether sure. it's you know golf, cycling, uh, hockey, in my case, whatever it is, because I think that then you're, your athleticism helps CrossFit, but also CrossFit's going to obviously help that. And I think that you're kind of motivated to to work even harder at, say, CrossFit to get stronger, more flexible, all those things that CrossFit helps any any uh, sport. But also on the outside world, if you have something else that you can kind of apply that to, it gets really exciting. You know, you can sprint fast, you can jump higher, oh, whatever you're doing, drive a ball longer or whatever. Yeah, um, I think that that you know that it plays into that, and of course, just your daily life, like you said. I mean, I can operate for hours at a time, and I I feel perfectly fine after. So it might be yeah, okay. have the energy to go out and cycle with your kids, or or chase your yeah. grandkids around the the kitchen table. I mean, there's any number of um, everyday activities that are positively influenced by actively taking control of that fitness. Well, how many times have you heard of a friend, people like friends of mine, who are not quite in good shape? And they bend over to tie their shoelaces and slip a disc, mm. you know, hurt their back just from simple, simple everyday things. It's like, dude, if you were like squatting and doing stuff that they do CrossFit, that would never happen. Yeah, that's the real risk of of the deconditioning that happens naturally if you aren't active. Um, and so, you know, that, and that's that's exactly what I hope the the people that are um, you know, really taking an interest in CrossFit or, or other sports that, that, you know, are really intensive and really genuinely gain measurable results in fitness, um, will be, you know, kind of part of their priorities list. 
Um, you know, I, I'm seeing it an awful lot in our club. We've got people that are playing volleyball, golf, uh, baseballs. Obviously, hockey's big here, uh, and you know, they're they're all using CrossFit to help them pursue those other sports because they really enjoy them and they want to be able to do them longer. Um, and you know, I, I can think of one member in particular. She's uh, 67, I believe. She'll shoot me if I say her name because she won't want to be <laughs> outed for for what her age is. But she's way younger than than her uh, chronological age would ever lead you to believe. She's there in our 6 a.m. classes, working every bit as hard as I am, 24 years her junior. Uh, and you know, and she's a great avid golfer. Um, when the golf season does open up here, she's out doing that. Um, and CrossFit helps her not only be better at it, but just enjoy it more because she's got the energy to be able to walk with her clubs and not take a cart. Um, you know, and those are things that she, I think, finds a fair bit of pride in. Yeah, you know, and John, one of the things that uh, I've noticed with Masters athletes in particular is that uh, in CrossFit, I think we're rewriting the rules. Uh, we're seeing people in their 50s, 60s, and 70s who are building a tremendous amount of strength who are really aggressively improving. And oh, yeah. I think that we, you know, we kind of had this concept or this idea that, you know, you peaked in what, your 20 or 30s, and then you were pretty much over the hill and everything got hard and you were giving away, uh, you know, massive amounts of abilities. And I think what we're seeing across it is we have people that are, that are, you know, in such incredible shape in their 50s you know, who haven't been doing CrossFit for that long and, and are improving at such a rapid pace, I think we're starting to re recalibrate our ideas of really when do you start slowing down? You know, because everybody who's afraid of aging is afraid of aging because of one of two things, as far as I can tell, uh, either uh, chronic disease or the loss of abilities. And so if you can continue to gain or build abilities or hold, you know, elite levels of fitness to be able to keep up with people in their 20s, 30s, and 40s into your 60s and maybe even 70s. I mean, that really is is pretty exciting. That's for sure. And I think pretty So I think the more we get that message out that, listen, these, these aren't master's athletes who are, you know, digging their own graves and beating up their bodies. These are people that are taking care of themselves to the point that they can maintain these high levels of fitness. You know, I think that's a really exciting concept and one of the really important messages that we can put out there. For sure. I mean, that as, you know, the, both the affiliate owners and the coaches and, um, you know, uh, CrossFit HQ specifically, they're, that's the, the core essence of at least one of the messages that they're really pushing. I mean, um, you know, Coach Glassman's notion of the continuum of health, um, from everything from, you know, uh, chronic disease all the way up to healthy, all the way up on the other side of that mountain to being truly fit. Um, you know, the closer you can be to that, the further you, away you are from those chronic diseases. And so you're right, that that lends itself to actively building longevity and, and not only just being uh, fit and capable, but achieving uh, new levels of fitness that you probably wouldn't have realized you could achieve yeah. uh, regardless of what age you are. Well, thank you, thank you both for taking the time to talk to me. This was uh, this was a great opportunity to really kind of talk shop, and in particular, talk about um, how CrossFit impacts the Masters age athlete, which I think is is um, you know a, a pretty significant area of growth. I think the the Masters athlete uh, or the the Masters age uh, community out there is starting to become aware that 
fitness is something that they can regain um, much later into life than they previously would have thought. And so I, I think that's in part what's driving an awful lot of 30 and 40 and 50 somethings to start looking into uh, sports like CrossFit. And, and hopefully the more of them that, that do it, the more impact we'll have on other areas of their lives, including you know it, the, the cost of healthcare. Um, which is that other factor that I don't think a lot of people give a whole lot of thought to. Um, I, I almost suspect that in Canada, we're a little lazy about it because we've got public health care. Um, and so people don't necessarily prioritize it because they know they can get help no matter what. Um, but I think more, the more and more they take control of it, the more they can prevent any kind of decline. Um, so that, that's something that I'm pretty excited about. And it's one of the reasons that our, I think our master's athletes um, in our club anyway are so excited about what they're achieving on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, closing kind of thing, I mean, for me it would be, I don't want to sound like a commercial or anything, but, you know, I, I'd recommend anybody, you know, whether master's or not, give CrossFit a chance. Just look up, you know, get, a, get one that's not just convenient to your to your location, but also check out the trainers and the camaraderie and the people that go to it. And but I, I'd recommend it for anybody to give it a shot. I think they 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 wouldn't rec- they wouldn't you know I think they'd find it very helpful. They definitely find a welcoming community. Yeah. And you know the, the one thing that I say to people that are you know hesitant, particularly when they they resort to the oh well isn't it too intense argument. Um, you know, my, my, my counter to that is I'm not asking you to drive NASCAR. I'm asking you to get your beginner's permit. Uh, so it's really not more complicated than that. Um, you know, nobody's going to turn pro overnight. It's, it's really about that slow progression to become healthy. And if they can approach it that way and not think that intensity comes, um, you know, part and parcel with CrossFit right out of the gate, then they'll be much happier. Um, you know, scaling is, is the uh, default option for the vast majority of athletes. Uh, like you said, Ryan, the programming is for the top athlete in the club. And so they shouldn't be setting themselves up to feel like they're not achieving something by not being able to do it RX. Yeah, right. It's not a carrot being dangled. Right. Well, thanks, guys. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us on. All right, cool. All right. Good luck. Have a great right, one. Thanks. thanks. Okay, bye, guys. Time's up. I hope you enjoyed this latest episode of the Box Jumper Podcast. Please subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you get upcoming episodes automatically as I'm joined by more guests to talk about fitness and health. If you like the episode, do me a solid and write a five-star review on iTunes. I hope to share reviews and comments in future episodes. You can email feedback or ideas to me at info at boxjumper.ca and of course visit boxjumper.ca often for more fitness-related stuff outside the podcast as well. Follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with the handle at boxjumperover40, and that's four zero with the digits. Thanks for listening. So much more to come. Until then, wad happy and wad often.